Hello and welcome to the Travel Diaries podcast. I'm Holly Rubenstein. I'm a travel and entertainment journalist. And here each week, I'll be speaking to a very special guest about their adventures around the world and the travel experiences and destinations that have shaped their lives. Today, I am so thrilled to be joined by Lucy Williams. If you're not already one of Lucy's 429,000 followers on Instagram, she is one of the UK's most successful bloggers. Starting her career as a fashion journalist for magazines like Stylist, InStyle and Sheer Lux, her own blog, Fashion Me Now, quickly amassed a huge following and became a full-time job. Here in particular, she shares her incredible travels around the world and some really useful guides. In fact, we chat about how I just used one of her guides when planning my own road trip in California recently. Lucy is now a style icon for her generation, the face of many brands and a wildly successful jewellery designer with Miss Summer London. We talk about some of the most beautiful places and hotels in the world. So if you're looking for travel inspo, this is the episode for you. I am in the beautiful kitchen of the wonderful Lucy Williams. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. What is it that you miss the most when you go on your travels? Because you're living out of a suitcase for a long yeah. time. Yeah. Um, what do I miss the most? I'm a real homebody, so I do miss... I miss home-cooked food. Sometimes I'm like, I just want to be able to cook just something for myself and sit on my sofa with a cup of tea or walk my dog. Just those really simple things. And then I feel like if I do do that when I'm away, I'm like, this is a waste. Like, you know, I should be ordering the you know, all these elaborate things, yeah. trying everything, because, yeah, I'm, and then you, yeah, so I have to slightly try and limit that, because I'm like, no, you can't have, well, I mean, I could, but it probably wouldn't be a good idea to sort of have, like, try the donuts, try the ice cream, <laughs> but yeah, so I actually, I love being away, but I do, I do love coming home as well, it's nice, it's nice being able to have a, have a mixture of the two, yeah. So that leads us uh, to chapter one of mm-hmm. your travel diaries um speaking of home thinking about when you were growing up yeah. and your earliest childhood travel memory what would that be we we, we went abroad to ski mm-hmm. but other than that we holidayed in wales uh-huh we had this we have we've and we still have it today we have this tiny little holiday house overlooking the sea in north wales and that is where i spent all my childhoods oh that sounds idyllic it was it was really i mean i i loved it I had the best time and it was very sort of boats buckets and spades sandy sandwiches that kind of vibe it, but it yeah loved it so i think some of my earliest travel memories are a lot of it is in the car driving up there um listening to like 90s dance music with my older sisters in the car um once we actually actually we drove up my dad loves he's a real car nut and he if he can drive somewhere that is his ideal holiday and for some reason he used to admit like I mean we used to drive skiing sometimes drive to Austria and we'd have these kind of you know one or two nights en route and I remember that well to be honest I have a vague memory of it but sort of I was so little I was probably only five but it's sort of like an urban legend in our family that I had to sleep on a shelf at one of these like <laughs> B&Bs that we had and it was right underneath the clock tower so none of us slept a wink all night um so yeah just sort of like chaotic road trips I think is probably my earliest travel memory yeah <laughs> and where was it in North Wales that you would go to specifically? it's called Abbasol I still I love going up there now and it's very like it's great for like when you're really little but then it's one of those places where when you're in your teens, it's 
fantastic for underage drinking on the beach basically <laughs> bonfires and, and it sounds like you had good weather if you're out on the beach so much was it a, you know what you maybe, sunny this is, maybe this is maybe this is rose tinted glasses but i do remember being on the beach yeah we had a little beach hut and everyone would go down every day with picnic bars like you know Goodness. cooler boxes and sit around all day and um play in the sand dunes and yeah oh, but i think that lovely. maybe that's the thing where when you're little your parents are like, rain or shine, we're getting out of the house and we're not going to the beach. It's funny though, because lots of my friends always say, oh, I've never been to Wales, I should really go. But And I spent half my life there, but I've actually, my sort of claim of shame is that I've actually never been to Scotland. I'm going to rectify that this year. I've heard a lot of good things about the Fife Arms. Oh yeah, in So Braymer. I'd love to do that, yeah. Mm, yeah you know it well. I'm obsessed with hotels. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's more that I'm just obsessed with you. Same. Same. It's a problem. We could just talk about hotels know, forever. I but I am really interested in the first place you fell in love with, chapter two of your travel diaries. I think the first place that I really was like, wow, on first sight, maybe gave me the bug for kind of turquoises and white sand <laughs> was Zanzibar. Um, I went there when I was 18. I'd spent three or four months living in um, East Africa at that point. And then Zanzibar was our last spot, last place we were visiting. And just driving through the jungle up to the north, and I could just see this blue sea through the trees. And I had never seen blue sea like that. Loved it. So it's always remained in your heart. Yeah, and I've, I've actually never been back. And I think that's kind of on purpose because maybe I was always... I, I kept talking about going back, but actually sometimes... I'm always a bit scared to go back to the places that you loved the first time around, mm -hmm. especially when you're in such a different phase of life when Continue, you go back. Yeah. I was, you know, backpacking. We were staying somewhere for like 10 bucks a night. Um, it was just a different... And it was it was amazing. I had the best time there. But, um, yeah, I just... I've always been a bit like, if I go back, maybe it just... And I don't think it isn't the same now. I've heard from lots of people that it is... I mean, it's still beautiful, but that it is a lot more developed and there's a lot more there. Lots of luxury hotels. Lots of luxury hotels where I, when I felt like when we were there, we were, we stayed in this little place in the north called Nungui. Mm -hmm. And it really was, I mean, there were, there were places to stay and it was, but it was, it felt like a little untouched paradise. It really did. Mm. So I'd, I'm almost like, oh, I don't know if I want to. And there was this bar built into the beach called Cholo's. It's amazing how I remember all of this, but it's like right there. Yeah. Um, this, yeah, it was built of, built out of one of those old um, Dow boats right on the beach. Um, so much fun. I wonder if that's still there. Maybe if someone will be able to tell you. <laughs> yeah. And at what stage then? So you were there, do you say when you were 18? Yeah. So um, at what age and what stage did you start uh, documenting your travels? Probably not till I was about... 25 mm -hmm. 24 25 I and that was probably actually when I really started to travel again I traveled a lot when I sort of left school mm -hmm. but then you get into that you know I didn't really have I didn't have much money mm -hmm. and I was at university and then it was all about finding a job and then the holidays became more about like you know going to Europe with your friends and you know, I'd go to Croatia in the summer and stuff, but I wasn't really, it was, dare I say, it, I mean, I was basically just going somewhere, to, like going to have fun and party and be with friends. Yeah, totally. And that's what it was all about. And then I think when I sort of got to my mid-twenties, I suddenly actually was like, oh, you know what? I had the itch again and I actually was like, no, I want to go further afield and I want to explore a bit more. So it probably, yeah, it probably wasn't until about 24, 25. And what were you doing at that time? I'm trying to think. Um, I was either at, um, in Style magazine, working as a fashion assistant, 
or then I went then I went from there and I worked in trend forecasting um in the fashion and beauty editorial department so somewhere somewhere between those two I started my blog when I was probably 21 22 right so quite young quite young I know yeah long time ago but it start it was very much a, a a mood board a sort of pre pinterest tumblr esque kind of space it wasn't somewhere that I shared too much personal stuff and then slowly but surely it just became somewhere where I think they're just yeah blogs became more of a thing and I think because I was working on a magazine and they were as often happens at magazines they would kind of feature the team in pieces Mm -hmm. and it was just when you know I was going to fashion weeks and it was just when street star was kicking off I mean I remember one of when my first ever fashion week it really felt like it was the first time street style was the thing. Like every time you'd have your picture taken, you'd have a chat and everyone had a blog and everyone was swapping, you know, their website names. And it just felt really like small and new. And and, and some people were like, this is weird. And it was just, but it was really fun. It was a really fun time. And so then people started connecting the dots and actually I got a few bit of feedback on my blog being like oh you should post your stuff on here like your outfits and uh-huh. I was like Ooh. but I kind of started doing a bit of it and just sort of testing the water and I think then the travel came on from that because I was like well actually I'm going on some of these trips and getting some really nice pictures so why not put them on there as well and share that yeah um and I remember I went, I went to Goa in India and then I went to Tulum in Mexico those were the first the two trips that I, I posted all about those where we stayed and everything and I think that really this is suddenly, pre-insta isn't it pre-instagram yeah. yeah so I think that that was when some people suddenly were like oh my god we love your travel stuff travel 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 and and yeah I was like yeah and I and I sort of felt re reignited shall we say in terms of like traveling and documenting it and yeah it was really fun chapter three is the trip where you learned the most about yourself so this is going to sound probably very cliched and cheesy. <laughs> it's just very um, classic, classic to say like, oh, I found myself in my gap year. <laughs> <laughs> but I, it's, it, I think when, because I went, I spent four months living in Uganda. Four um, months, wow. What were you doing there? Teaching English as a foreign language in a tiny, tiny primary school. And um, it's a pretty well-trodden route for like, you know, when people go traveling and find themselves and stuff. But it really was like, without doubt I think the most the the most amazing experience I've ever had and also probably the thing I'm most proud of doing like mm-hmm. and I don't really get proud of that much career-wise but that is something that I am proud of doing because it was just really like I think for someone that hadn't had probably been quite sheltered and hadn't traveled that much and you know I think it was you know we we went we were living with no electricity no running water um rats cockroaches bats and you know trying to teach and learning a lot about yourself and about other people and other cultures and it was just amazing I really loved it we had a sort of an accident at the end of the trip that was a bit of a like wobbly moment and then we went on to Zanzibar at the end and um so because of that I was like okay I'm quite I'm quite I'm looking forward to getting home but the other half of me was like I could honestly just live here forever. I loved it. Yeah, And that's really interesting. It might surprise some people because they see your amazing life on social media. But actually, you know, it's not necessarily like the glossy luxury things that can bring the most happiness or the most formative experiences. No, and I think actually sometimes I think I try and remind myself of that now because it's very easy, I think, as you get older and, you know, you get a, you get 
used to the, these lovely comforts and mm. these amazing places to stay. And don't get me wrong, I love a beautiful hotel, but I'm sometimes like, yeah, I, I think it's important to, and I try and make myself do this, to take a step back and actually be like, you know, it's not, yeah, it's not just about chasing the nicest places. It's actually like you could stay in anywhere. It's about the experiences you have when you're there. Yeah. Um, which is hard. Sometimes it's harder and harder to do when you have less time away. You're like, you pl- I plan everything to an inch of it. So, you know, I'm trying to like make every, make every moment count. And does that feel like, um, like quite a lot of pressure? Yeah, it does. Sometimes it does. I think it's, I do feel, I think I'm dying to have, I'm, I'm dying to find the time to maybe have like a kind of three month trip or go around the US for a big, I think if you have, if I had a bigger chunk of time, if I had a sabbatical, <laughs> but not a sabbatical, so I'd be working, but you know what I mean? I had that sort of, that sort of trip that I think maybe the pressure would be off slightly. So you've got a few more, you've got more flexibility, you've got time to play with. Mm. Whereas I feel like maybe it's just, I think this is just the curse of being a fully functioning adult is there's always something, there's always like, pressures somewhere else so you've you, I feel like I'm always on a slight time limit so I'm always trying to squeeze in everything and but also I mean we're we're inundated with information oh, as totally. well so yeah. you know you're getting totally. recommendations and tips thing, and things yeah. and you want to try and fit all of them in while you're I know there. and I sometimes like if I say I'm a right I'm going somewhere on my Instagram I'll get a lot of people going you've got to eat here you've got to go and do this and I love that but I'm also like I am there for 24 hours I mean, unless I have four lunches, I'm always feel like I'm failing. Yeah. So I'm like, and then you pick, and then this is the awful thing, and this is the the sort of curse of social media. You pick somewhere for lunch, and you and it, and it's disappointing, and you don't like it, and you're like, oh, what a waste I've of a wasted, lunch! Yeah. I've wasted my one lunch in the city that's supposed to be amazing for food or whatever it is, and it's just um, there's just yeah, there's almost like I mean, I sound like my dad now. I was going to say there's too much choice. <laughs> A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Today's episode is supported by Airbnb. It has been a long old winter here in the UK and in between podcast seasons, I'm going to take a little bit of downtime to seek out some warmth. I'm jetting off to the Greek island of Mykonos, visiting some places that have been on my bucket list. And while I'm hopefully soaking up some Mediterranean sun, my home will be hosting guests from all over the world thanks to Airbnb. It's the perfect way to make your travels even more rewarding. Instead of letting your home sit empty while you're off exploring new destinations, why not turn it into a cozy retreat for fellow travellers 
just like I do. Whether you choose to rent out your entire space or just a spare room, it's up to you. I list my spare bedroom and it's been a fantastic experience, both financially rewarding and a great way to connect with new people. So if you're planning your own summer getaway or any trip for that matter, consider putting your home on Airbnb. It's a fantastic way to earn extra income that can go towards your travel expenses, souvenirs, or even that special treat you've been eyeing. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.co.uk forward slash host. Thank you to Airbnb for supporting the Travel Diaries. How about chapter four, which is your all-time favorite destination? My all-time favorite destination. Okay, I really love the US. I think it's from being like a, a big reader, a big fan of cinema and... I just have this fascination with the US and there's still so much, it just blows my mind how big it is and how much, how many, just, just how different one country can be from one end to the other and all the different people and places and I mean I've scratched the surface of the US, I'm still desperate to do the deep south. I even want to, I would love to like road trip through the Midwest. <laughs> I would love to do, I'm a big Jonathan Franzen fan. So I love the idea of like, I don't know. It, it's just one of those places where I just think it's um, got so much to offer. And my other place would be sort of anywhere in sort of East South Africa. There's still so much that I want to do. Um, I still haven't been to Mozambique and Namibia. And mm-hmm. those are my right at the top of my list. Um but Botswana blew my mind. Loved Botswana. Kenya, I just absolutely loved. We stayed. I've stayed at this amazing place called Sasab in Samburu, oh, wow. which is this just amazing, sustainable, beautifully run hotel that's sort of perched up on, on kind of up on a riverbed. It's got incredible views, and it's just it's sort of it's it it feels lux it's luxurious definitely, but it's not one of those. African safari spots that feels very sort of am I in Africa you know it feels very in touch with where it is and it's just magic really really magical and you're like they you know they'll make you make you breakfast on the back of the truck in the morning in the bush and it's super dry and arid in that part of Kenya but actually that kind of just adds to it somehow Mm -hmm. and how about um your favorite city to spend time in I'd have to say I mean, I have to, I think, I mean, I think, yeah, if I didn't say LA, I would probably feel like I was um, cheating slightly Mm -hmm. (laughs) because I do, uh, probably, LA is probably my favourite city to go back to because it's probably the city that I've spent the most amount of time in other than home, you know, consecutively. So I feel like when I go to LA now, it almost feels like something a little bit like going home in That's a way. so nice, yeah. And it's such a great city. It's such a great city. I kind of love it because some people hate it as well. It's kind of got that real love-hate thing about it. And I love that it's got, I, yeah, again, I love that it has all these different sort of pockets to it. And in that sense, weirdly, it kind of reminds me of London in a way because it's got all these different kind of villages. And I'm a real beach bum, so the, getting to kind of combine a city with the beach is... I love that. Having just got back from Ibiza and I've got Greece on the cards, I'd say those two places would be my, like, favourite returning places in the summer here. Mm-hmm. It's not summer until I've been to either Ibiza or Greece. When it comes to you booking your travels, um, what are your kind of main sources of inspiration yourself? Do you go off of Insta? Do you use newspapers, magazines? What, what do you go off of? 
I think Instagram works more like osmosis, probably. Like when you're going through there, it things kind of seep into you and you're like, and then event, and then you sort of wake up and you're like, I really want to go to the here. And you're not really sure why. And that's probably come from Instagram. Yeah. But I'm not very good at, I do save things on Instagram occasionally, but in truth be told, I don't really go back to them. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I will ask if I'm in a real like pickle, I'll, I can't decide something. I'll ask in my Instagram, like, has anyone got a good dinner reservation for here? And there's always someone, no matter where I am, there's someone that will give me a tip. That's awesome. So that's really cool. I've subscribed to Condé Nast Traveller for as long as I can remember. The and Bible. It is. <laughs> yeah. I'm obsessed with it. They're yeah, so too. good. And I just really, I love the photography as well. And it just really, yeah, never fails to make me want to book a trip somewhere. And their online resources are really good too. And we were saying earlier as well, um, that the Goop website is actually surprisingly good for travel guides, especially for the US. They have some really great little under-the-radar places mm. and lots of good foodie spots and stuff. So um, that's a good one. But to be honest, a lot of the time I'm just kind of randomly trawling, I don't know, Googling things. I don't, yeah. Um, but the, yeah, probably those those places are probably what springs to mind first, yeah. And you've got such a influence um, <laughs> to your followers. Have you been surprised at the impact that your recommendations have had on different places? Oh, um, I, do you know what? I don't, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I always love, if I hear of someone using or going to stay somewhere that I've recommended or... You go, especially somewhere that you they might not have actually might not have heard of without me writing about it. I I love that. I love it when people say they're going somewhere that they're going on their honeymoon somewhere that I went or something like that. Yeah. But um, once I've been somewhere and I've written about it and I've shared it, I don't really keep tabs of how that's had it, what impact that's having. Yeah. I'm kind of on to the next. So it would be amazing if I could, if that happens and like through me going somewhere that's um like you say, like helping a hotel out. I would love that. But totally. I like um, I was just in California and I was looking for somewhere to stay in Sonoma in the wine country. Yeah. So, you know, I hopped on to Fashionly Now <laughs> and I saw that you stayed at Beltane Ranch, which yeah. is this beautiful kind of, I'd say luxury B&B might be a way to describe yeah. it. It's not yeah. just, it's it's more than a and b because it has its own vineyards yeah. and it's so idyllic, isn't it? It is so beautiful, yeah. And Lucy had stayed there. and um, That was one of those ones where sometimes though, I, I'm almost, because it's, it's really small, family run. That, that kind of place I feel like is almost quite hard to find nowadays. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And when I went there, it wasn't that I wanted to keep it for myself because to me, I'm like, no, I, I, that doesn't really bother me. But it's more, um, I don't know, I get a little bit, I feel slightly responsible, you know, before sharing somewhere like that. Maybe it's a responsibility to say if it's got guests that go back, you know, four times a year and have been doing that for 10 years and then they suddenly can't get in or something. They can't, I don't know, I've almost, I do, so I do kind of think about things before I share them. Like, is this going to be okay? Well, that totally leads me on to chapter five, your hidden gem, because I was going to say, given your influence, are there some hidden gems that you just want to keep to yourself? I've had a couple of places in my time where I've been like, oh, I do kind of want to keep this to myself. But I never do. I'm incapable. <laughs> I'm incapable of keeping them to myself. I went to this amazing place. God, I hope it's still there. So I, I believe it's called Anapura. And it's about an hour and a half 
from Jaipur mm-hmm. in the countryside. Yeah. Trying to find this place was hilarious. As in, I... So it's it's a... I'll tell you what it is first. It's like a two-bedroom, two beautiful sort of villa with a pool. It's got a yellow Labrador that wanders around. And it's right next to this, like village it's apparently i mean apparently they see like jaguars sometimes walking around um it's just so magical and just feels like you're staying with friends in the cut it's it's and after you've been somewhere like jaipur where it's like amazing but very quite hectic and full-on this it's a proper retreat beautiful old like coffee table books everywhere and um sort of rajasthani print throws and it's just amazing i tend to always go to try and try and go to new places so but if I was maybe wanting to go back all the time and then suddenly like I said suddenly it's fully booked then you'd be a bit like damn it yeah yeah I shouldn't have shared it so is that your hidden gem that would be my hidden gem do you know I think Beltane Ranch and that one would be my two hidden gems yeah and you've lived in London for how long I must have lived in London after 10 years yeah so so are there any kind of best kept secrets in London that you'd kind of want to give away best kept secrets in london i mean my all my hidden gems in um london are all probably all in west london that's where i live so it tends to be like i always think the hidden gems come from like living somewhere Mm. um okay so for me um i i like to think well goldbourne road is my favorite road in london that's where i kind of feel like at home and they do the best custard tarts at the top of that road at um, oh yeah, the, uh, the bakery, yeah, the pastiche pas- Yeah, and oh. it's I can't remember exactly what it's called, but it's called um, is it called Patisserie de Lisboa? And um, they do the best custard tarts. Love that place, Goldbourne Deli. Very underrated for the rest from the last. No one, I don't think people would travel to go to Goldbourne Deli. It's not like a brunch destination. Yeah, but it to me, it's like one of my favourite places to have breakfast in London. I love it. Oh, you heard it here first. Um, and um, yeah, we've got a little, and we've got an Italian not far from here called Pentalina in Brook Green, which is again like family run, um, really low key, but amazing, like pasta and Italian food. And yeah, love going there. You know, travel Instagram is built on just put, or Instagram rather is yeah. is it feels like it's built on portraying amazing experiences. Yeah. But m- maybe have you noticed a shift in the last maybe year or two where people are definitely embracing it as a platform to be more real? I love the fact that that is becoming more of a thing, and that the that Instagram isn't just about these kind of like, you know, that I think it's become a space now where actually it's celebrated to show your flaws flaws and in inverted commas or you know and not be not feeling like you have to be this kind of unrealistic version of perfection I mean the idea of perfection in itself is just you know irrelevant because it's all kind of um it's all kind of made up anyway but I think that that's amazing that it's becoming a lot more of like a genuine platform for expression but I think it's interesting because I think often now I feel like there's still there's still a slight um, missing piece in it all in that often if you don't share something on Instagram it's presumed that that didn't happen so mm-hmm. I think and I do struggle with that in that if I don't share something that I'm doing in my day-to-day life whether that's I don't know using a keep cup or use something maybe I don't know something with sustainability something with um, work-wise you know things that are keeping me busy behind the scenes and I don't really feel I often 
I just don't really feel the need to share a lot of the things I'm doing day to day, especially yeah. when I'm working in London or, you know, if you're sitting, if anyone else was at their desk all day, they just wouldn't think to put on Instagram stories. I'm currently at my desk working on this. You just get on with it. Yeah. And then I think when you're not sharing things, people are like, oh, all you do is take a few pictures and travel or that. So I think there is this element of kind of, if it's not being shared, it's not happening. Yeah. And I... That's, that's something that I slightly struggle with and more that I struggle with with the concept of that because to me, the way I consume Instagram is it's always been a kind of inspirational platform. People, I'm very aware that the people on there are sharing what they want to share and I'm not, I have no illusions that what people are sharing is a run through of their exact day or that this is, it's the highlights reel. That's essentially what it is. Yeah. And I think it's great to intersperse the highlights reel with, with a reality check. No one, no matter how much everyone shouts for authenticity and realness, wants someone who is seemingly living the high life, which I've seen this happen to other people on Instagram where they kind of come out and go, oh, I'm actually really struggling. I'm burnt out. I'm so tired and I'm really missing home or I'm, I mean, people are like, oh, you're staying at these amazing places, you know, pull yourself together. Yeah. So Just like when celebrities exactly. like, say that they've got a problem and they're like, hey, but you're so rich. It exactly. doesn't matter. It doesn't it's matter. just like that. It's just that. Yeah. yeah. I know so I think mean. that's a very, the whole thing is a very double-edged sword all the time. And I think that it's, it's like walking a tightrope. And I think basically you just have to do what's right for you. Let's go to chapter six and that is the place that you'd never go back to one place I wouldn't go back to um I mean I went and this is kind of going against what I said earlier because I do love Greece and I love Zakynthos but I don't think I would go back to Lagunas Lagunas I don't think I've ever heard of it so Lagunas is a town in Zante where I went for my leavers trip after school don't know if I'd go back there anytime soon yeah no just one of those very uh young party you know young I don't know I don't Brits abroad Brits abroad that kind of trip I mean I I actually think I was slightly out of my depth when I was 18 so (laughs) god knows how it would be now so maybe I wouldn't go back there so chapter seven is your next big adventure next year we are hoping to do Tokyo because I've never been to Japan dying to go and I'd love to have the time to do Tokyo and Kyoto and then come back via um, the Philippines. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, and do kind of tropical desert island vibes Paradise. over there. Yeah. So I'd love to do that. Just I've heard so much about the Western Cape of South Africa and Namibia, so I'd love to do that. Um, and just the landscape and the wildlife and everything is meant to be amazing. So those are two two that I want to do. Um, I, yeah, I've got so many that I could go on and on and on. And do they differ from your final chapter, which is what's at the top of your I think wish what list? Is the top of my wish list, because I've got so many. Maybe Namibia is top of my wish list, uh-huh. I'd say. And I'm reading a lot about it at the moment, so I feel like I want to go. And yeah, maybe North Island and the Seychelles as well. I haven't, I've never been to the Seychelles, and I do love a beach, and I do think they look pretty magic, yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. Oh, wow. A lot of wanderlust for I know, us all. I know. God. <laughs> I've just got back and now I'm like, right, where am I going? <laughs> where are you heading next? Yeah. Oh, thank you so much, Lucy. Those thank are your travel you. diaries. Thank it was a so pleasure much. to speak yeah, to you. Yeah, really fun. That was the wonderful Lucy Williams. I feel like we could have just continued that chat for the rest of the day in her incredibly stylish kitchen. 
If you've enjoyed this episode, then please tell your friends about it. Make sure you subscribe and leave a review if you can. Thank you so much for listening and I hope you have a great week. I'll speak to you next time. Today's episode is supported by Airbnb. It has been a long old winter here in the UK and in between podcast seasons, I'm going to take a little bit of downtime to seek out some warmth. I'm jetting off to the Greek island of Mykonos, visiting some places that have been on my bucket list. And while I'm hopefully soaking up some Mediterranean sun, my home will be hosting guests from all over the world thanks to Airbnb. It's the perfect way to make your travels even more rewarding. Instead of letting your home sit empty while you're off exploring new destinations, why not turn it into a cozy retreat for fellow travellers just like I do. Whether you choose to rent out your entire space or just a spare room, it's up to you. I list my spare bedroom and it's been a fantastic experience, both financially rewarding and a great way to connect with new people. So if you're planning your own summer getaway or any trip for that matter, consider putting your home on Airbnb. It's a fantastic way to earn extra income that can go towards your travel expenses, souvenirs, or even that special treat you've been eyeing. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.co.uk forward slash host. Thank you to Airbnb for supporting the Travel Diaries. Normally being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.